May it be your will, Adonai, our God, that a mishap not come about through us. May we not stumble in a matter of Torah and cause our colleagues to rejoice over us. And may we not say regarding something which is Tameh that it is Tahor, and not regarding something which is Tahor that it is Tameh. And may our colleagues not stumble in a matter of Torah, and we rejoice over them. For Adonai grants wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding of God. Unveil our eyes that we may perceive wonders from your Torah. Amen. Three hundred grams of caffeine, is that what it is? What? What? Two hundred. Two hundred. Shot thing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Guaranteed to keep you up all night. All right. So we've got Gregory and Brock in different areas of, I guess, the same city in the same state. I think they're both in Dallas. Yeah. And. And Greg Upham is uh, traveling Florida. somewhere. It's Florida. Florida. Yeah. In Florida. And uh, Jonathan is also in Florida. So, I'm sorry. Jonathan's also in Florida. And Jonathan is in Florida. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, we've got. Yeah, uh, yeah, we have four or five missing, and still have a room full of guys. So I guess uh, topic is is exciting to talk about. Shem is good. So I want to, I want to just kind of lay the groundwork tonight. Um, and gently move into uh, our topics. The the study of whether or not Yeshua is the Messiah, and going through that whole long proof text and uh, and all that is not how I want us to begin. But instead, I want us to look at the scriptures and identify what areas or aspects of the Mashiach's life, times, and so forth, um, we can recall that the scriptures do speak of, so that we can build somewhat of a framework for identifying if, uh, if we've had anybody that has uh, met this criteria. Uh, my, my goal would be to begin tonight with the question that your brother-in-law posted um, was that last night or today or something uh, Alex posted on Men of Torah and said you know the questions were up there and he said you know I've got one more question that I would want to add to this list and that is uh, in the Gospels where Yeshua says if you deny me before men then I will deny you before my father who is in heaven so uh, I'd like to start with that and, and refer back to the, the comment that I made at the beginning of last week's class um, that I got from Pete when we were talking about something completely different a few weeks ago. And uh, he was commenting on the fact that this knowledge of the identity of Messiah, as described in the apostolic writings, seems to be completely inconsistent with what the Torah and the Tanakh has. And maybe you agree with that, maybe you don't. So let's start there a little bit, and then I've got some stuff on the board that I'd like us to walk through. So, what about that? Is that a, is that a valid concept? Is that a valid point? Uh, 
that the identity of Messiah or Alex's question that one must know the identity of Messiah for a place in the world to come or something along those lines is, is really the, you know, what the gist of it is um, so we know what it says in the apostolic writings but it's my contention and has been my belief since we started this Torah walk that if there's something in the prophets we know that it is true because it lines up with something that's already in the Torah and we start with the Torah as our fundamental foundation for everything so we keep Shabbat can we carry a load, carry a burden? Can we um, buy or sell on Shabbat? You will look for naught in the Torah. You will not find it in the Torah, that these are restricted. But they're in the prophets. And we say, that's okay. We've got a restriction. We've got limits about a day in the Torah. And later on, the prophets grant more illumination on that topic progressively revealing to us God's perfect will. I mean, that's what we believe, I think. We all believe that? Mm -hmm. Okay. And the same thing with the writings. And then uh, we move on to the apostolic writings. And if they are indeed Scripture, then they need to line up in every way, at every point, back to the Torah, in some way. Anything weird that we think Paul said Anything we don't understand out of the book of Hebrews, backwards, upside down, or otherwise, has to line up. And if it doesn't, then we know it's not part of the scripture. It cannot be. So I think that's a, a great place to, to start. So stick that question in your head. If you've got any com comments on it right now that come to mind, that we know that the Tanakh speaks about the Mashiach. It, we know that there is all kinds of messianic passages that our sages have identified down through the years. That's how Christianity knows they're messianic. The Jews said they're messianic. It was the sages of Israel that identified them as messianic passages. So, if we have these messianic passages, is there stuff in those that you can recall right now, top of your head, that says, yeah, you have to know this guy, you have to know his name, or that you can't deny him before mine. Anything come to mind? Yes? Maybe we're approaching this, you know, like maybe from a different angle than might be intended. I'm just thinking that we're focusing on it on the identity as though um, the identity it's, uh, itself is the critical factor in so being as like um, let me think of that maybe I, maybe I could describe it if I'm looking for a mechanic mm -hmm. and you tell me that the best mechanic in the world is on the on Main Street second shop from the left okay mm -hmm. yeah. so then I go to look for the best mechanic in the world and, and so it's like the fact that he's the best mechanic in the world, whether or not I believe that, is kind of irrelevant as long mm -hmm. as I find a shop. Okay. Um, as long as I believe you enough that I, I, I hire him mm -hmm. and then I find his shop. Now, if I, 
if I if I, I can't dismiss the location of his shop and say, well, I don't believe that's where his shop is located. I'm going to drive all around town to go find it. That would be foolish. Right. So I think with well, a passage that comes to mind that I think ties into the identity issue okay. is in Deuteronomy chapter 18. Mm-hmm. And it says, the Lord said to me, this is, uh, Hashem is speaking to Moshe, they have spoken well. I will raise up a prophet from among your, their countrymen like you, and I'll put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. It shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. That's uh, Deuteronomy 18, verses 17 through 19. The only issue here that I think does tie into identity is the prophet who speaks, right? This is the prophet he will raise up like the brethren. Right. Um, it's really important that you believe what he says or that you do what he says or however you want to translate that, whatever that might be. Um, now, if you don't recognize who's the prophet, you can't do that. If, in other words, if Mashiach is Yeshua and he is the one who is that prophet and you have to listen to what he says, right. but you say, no, Yeshua's not the prophet, you probably won't do what he says. Okay. Therefore, you are missing that chunk of it. So the identity issue to me is less about being like a statement of faith, a credo, mm-hmm. per se, mm-hmm. as much as it is an identifying marker. You can't understand or accept really who Mashiach is if you deny his identity. You have to understand. I mean, I think that throughout history, Judaism has been looking for Messiah, has been IDing people who could be or who they think might be or would are Messiah, because the identity, before they do anything, is important. Because that's how you follow the Messiah, is you know who he is. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Otherwise, why would it matter, really? Like throughout history. Why why are we looking for him? I mean, it's going to be pretty obvious when some guy brings in all of the exiles and wipes out all the Gentiles and rebuilds the third temple. Like At that point, we will all be believers. But Judaism doesn't wait for that. Throughout history, they've been looking before that. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Um, I'd say Judaism does wait for that. That's why they haven't proclaimed a Messiah yet. Well, um, that's not true. There have been like three or four different branches who have. Throughout the history. I mean... Yeah, I mean I don't think Judaism today would say that their Messiah has come or this person was Messiah. As a group, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to go on a limb. I'm going to say, no, I don't think there's a passage in Torah, Tanakh. I'm just going to take the other side of the spectrum Mm -hmm. and say, no, there's nothing that says Messiah's name has to identify as Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. Okay. Nothing comes to my mind off the top of my head. Well, I like I like the identity thing. That's that's good, but it doesn't appear that Yeshua is talking about identity as much as denying him. You know, it's it's not. If you deny that a Messiah is needed, a Messiah is coming, a Messiah this or a Messiah that, it seems to be all about him. Yes, the Tanakh actually never uses the phrase the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Ever exactly, right. it's true. Um, so anytime we can derive anything about the Messiah, it's always about the Messianic age. 
that's the context in which he's set. There's never a passage in the Tanakh where there's a figure that's appearing where there's not the messianic age surrounding him. Mm. It, uh, on the surface, that probably sounds right. But we know that that's not the case when we look at Judaism's perspective on Messiah ben Joseph. Because that does not appear to be in the context of the Messianic era because it would deny. No, but that is, the, there's, first of all, there's very little information on Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David. But what we do know about them is that Mashiach ben Yosef dies in a huge battle in the gate of Jerusalem and isn't resurrected until Mashiach ben, uh, yeah, ben Yosef dies and then Mashiach ben David comes and resurrects him. Mm-hmm. And that takes place all within, that's how you know that the Messianic era is actually here, is that happens. Um, now there's speculation about that because we just know so little about such a concept, but sure. that's, that's the gist of it. And it's, I don't know if we can really use that as a parallel, because right now we're talking about the Peshat level, and that's the Midrash. Mm-hmm. Although, to your point, I would say that when we're talking Mashiach, there is no Peshat. There's nothing in the entire Tanakh. As you mentioned earlier, there's no Hamashiach. There's but, only Midrash. When, it, when we speak about the Mashiach or about anything Messianic? Well, I would say almost anything Messianic because if you read the passages, like for example, I just read from Deuteronomy. Well, some sages can point to Joshua as being the prophet who came after Moses because he's literally the prophet who came after Moses. Mm-hmm. Other guys I mean, can point out, uh, can highlight any of the major prophets, Eliyahu, Yeshiyahu, any of them. You can throw them out there as being an option. So it's not clear that it's a messianic statement. Really, I think that's true about any of the messianic prophecies because many of them are dual. Some of them have to do with Israel, and they also relate to Mashiach. Some of them have to do with, um, are very vague. I mean, it's like um, in, uh, I was, I brought along my copy of Betray Asar from Art Scroll because they have an interesting commentary in the book of Zechariah, chapter 12, where they mention like they will see him upon whom they have pierced and weep for him. But it's only a him. It doesn't clarify who that is, and it doesn't even clarify who's piercing him. The sages are the ones who go into that and say... Who had pierced him. Who had pierced him. The sages go into that, and they say they bring up Messiah ben Yosef. He dies in the battle at the end. People of Israel weep that he has died, and realizing that their sins were the reason why they were not successful in battle and why he died are repentant. So, but that's entirely a, a, a Midrashic interpretation. Like, it's not spelled out in the text. Yeah, that's, that's completely true. I don't think, though, that there is nothing that's on the Peshat level about the Messianic age or Messianic things, though. It's all over the place in the prophets with rebuilding the temple and gathering of the Jews, knowledge of God, um, yeah. bringing peace, ending war. All of these, it's clear and consistent, actually. It's not, it's not, you don't have to move to, you don't have to retreat immediately into Midrash before exhausting all of the shot level texts about the Messianic era, and well, there is a figure within that. Yeah, but That's although you, you, would, you would come up with problems with the text. What do you mean? That if you just look at the shot level about all of the Messianic happenings, you come up with a problem that Messiah appears to do this, but also does this. He does appear to die, but he still is doing this. So that's where the tension came in, and that's why the Midrash started that there is confusion, that there is tension there in the Peshat level. 
I don't know if they would say that there's confusion there or tension. I say that they it, it requires a little bit more explanation because right now we have whatever, to wait until it happens in order to whatever see Whatever way it. you put it, there's something there that caused all the midrash. I've got the commentary that said there was tension and the text seemed to contradict. Whatever. There, there's, there is Peshat level mm-hmm. and there is midrash level. But the Mashiach, just to clarify that one point, Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David was such a small matter that there's almost hardly anything written on it. It wasn't as though it was this monumental problem that Judaism had to then deal with. That's true. I mean, I guess to your point, no, though, no I, matter would, though right? I would say that the, you're right, you're absolutely right, the Messianic age does get a lot of Peshat reference. But I would say that almost none of those Peshat level specify the need for an individual person. I mean, like, we have the prince in Ezekiel, mm-hmm. but I don't even know if there's agreement that that's Messiah. I mean, I don't even know if there's well, agreement in, as to who that person is. In Isaiah... You certainly have a reference that's plural and a significant reference that's singular and masculine. So, although that also refers to Israel, I mean that's the, the prophet actually says. Sure, it's, it's I know. Israel. But he goes from the plural to the singular. There's, you know, it, there's apparent. Anyway, all I'm um, saying is that it, it does take a certain level of interpretation. T- yeah, exactly right. And I don't think we have the wherewithal in this room. Uh, you know, if I'm wrong, I apologize. Um, to clear up Messiah's identity tonight. But we could talk about it. Um, would we agree that the that the text speaks of his character? I would say no. No. Really. Which text? Are we talking about the Tanakh or the New Testament? The Tanakh. The Tanakh? I'm saying, what do you mean by character? What do you mean by character? What do I mean by character? <laughs> Uh, Assumably, the 49 character traits of Christ. <laughs> you know, I find, find it hard to believe that we find those in the Tanakh. Can a guy be a liar? I don't think any of that's delineated. There's no references to character about the Messiah in, in the Tanakh. I'm shocked, guys. We'll move on. We'll just have to bring some proof text next time we get together. How about his lineage? Is that mentioned in the Tanakh? He's got to be descended from David and Solomon. Okay. Specifically Solomon. How about actions versus results? Are there actions that are described that the Mashiach will make? Or is it the results of the actions? Or is it both? He brings world peace. Sure. So that's the result of some action. Do we have a proof text that says that in the Tanakh? I'm only quoting from the Tanakh tonight. What verse are you quoting? I, I can't quote it off the top of my head, but I can search Isaiah for it right 65, now. Isaiah 65, 25. Wolf and lamb will graze as one, a lion like cattle, weighed straw, snakes will eat dust, blah, blah, blah. You also got the adder coming in with the hand of the child into the yeah, adder's hole. We well, just had that in our meeting. Any violence we just had it in the hot jar. Yeah. So I'm yeah. guessing those aren't meant to be taken like a literally. Maybe they are? Why not? Yeah. I would say they are absolutely literal. The lamb will lie down with the lion. Absolutely. I've never heard like the name Mashiach will make the lamb lie down with the lion. Well, Hashem will it's, do it. It's, Hashem will make it. Like where I didn't, I didn't have the whole. Well, that verse. was my yeah. question earlier. Maybe I'll just like, go read Isaiah sixty-five tonight. Just go read the Bible. Well, you, yeah. you probably want to read the whole book. I mean, <laughs> to one to sixty-six. You know, otherwise you just get a little snippet. But, Isaiah, I love yeah, I think I think the messianic era um, has so much description about it in its not that the sages have gone wild with 
uh, in a you really know, a hyper- wonderful way. Uh, yeah, a hyperbolic <laughs> view of it. Um, for example, that uh, you and I will drink wine for one year from one grape. It's because that's the messianic. I mean, it's just amazing, right? Because everything will be fixed, and the way God intended the earth to produce and so forth will come back. Because um, that's yeah, it's just amazing. And why is it amazing? Because it's the messianic era, and that's when Messiah reigns. To to your question, um, and I overheard Taylor. You should speak up more. Um, Isaiah eleven is the reference. On that one, no, 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 I know. I mean, just, I'd just be loud because I think that's the one we had in the was, Do you have that pulled up? Which one? Isaiah eleven. Isaiah eleven is also a good one. That actually combines. It's got a, the person in there as well as several of right. the same era. The shoot, right? and actually, I think you're talking earlier about character traits. Um, you definitely get that yep. here. Uh, it says this is a verse, chapter eleven, verse one. Then a shoot will spring up from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruits. So that goes back to the Davidic thing. Yeah. Um, and then verse 2 says the spirit of the Lord will rest on him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and strength the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord so you've got someone who's very well equipped intellectually Um, they also have the fear of the Lord Uh, then also it says and he will delight in the fear of the Lord and he will not judge by what his eyes see nor make a decision by what his ears hear this is a key point um, that I feel like Pete mentioned isn't that the one you did? Yeah, on Shabbat. Shabbat. He's smelly? No, that's not right. He smelleth. He smells. Righteousness. He smells right. I guess that could be considered a character. Absolutely. But he also has. The, um, but the the king is he's a he's a true judge. Like he's he judges righteously. Yeah. That's that's something that shows up repeatedly in messianic uh, prophecies because it talks about it's important that he will judge the the poor. Um, and other types of things. Judge the ends of the earth, judge the Gentiles, etc. Um, it also says, uh, with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And then it says he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Uh, and also righteousness will be the belt about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. So you've got someone who is judge, he is a true judge, he does exact some degree of wrath, um, on uh, presumably the enemies of God uh, it says he will slay the wicked and also he is um, righteous and faithful so you have again I think the, the character traits you have is he is a um, faithful he, and true faithful and true you could say that um, he is uh, uh, what they would say in modern Hebrew he's a he's a mashu mashu which means he's really something he's really but something elite. he's a mensch he's a mensch he's an elite mensch an elite mensch alright so so we We've got some hints in the scripture to where we can see. I don't think we could see that a man does meet these and therefore is the Mashiach. But rather, I guess the opposite, right? If he's not that, he can't be. This is more of a disqualifier list. I mean, if if you're from New Jersey, you cannot be the Messiah. It's as simple as that. All right, so we've got the lineage thing. Actions versus results. By the way... um, David just wrote in to say that uh, Mashiach is often written in a possessive nature, as in the Lord's anointed, or his anointed, or your anointed, etc. And none of those would require the definite article, as in Hak, hmm. Mashiach, because it is already definite. So, good, good count. Actions versus results. David could be Mashiach. David could be, but, okay, character-wise, maybe. For sure. Lineage. 
Davidic. Well, his name is David. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So we can't disqualify David yet. And we're talking about David McDonald, not David the King. Can we be from Canada? Oh, oh, yes. Canada lineage, Davidic Canada. We're gonna have to wait on that one, but it's looking pretty slim. So actions versus results. I think and this is probably the biggie, right? Um, where Judaism would reject Yeshua. Christianity is all over him, no problem, because he's done things or he will do things that you know and have caused things. But I think it's it's important to recognize this is both sides, right? There are going to be results to some actions, and there are going to be some definitive actions. What's one action? Everybody knows. Right off the top of your head. Who? The Messiah. We're going to talk about the Messiah tonight. Come on. If you're asking about Yeshua. Give me an, act, an action of. Messiah. The Messiah we'll will bring do the it. Jews back to the land. That's good. Rebuild the temple. That's the one I was thinking. I mean, they're just top shelf. These are the two biggies, right? He will rebuild the temple, and he will gather his people from the four corners of the of the earth. We pray that every single day. Those are actions, right? That we're hoping for, and then the results. Peace on earth, knowledge of God. For exactly. World. So we don't know how that's actually done. In some cases, we know he fights. In other cases, he's bringing a spirit on the people, and, and so forth. We got that, yeah. Presents. Presents Christmas cards, the whole deal. How about his relationship with Hashem? He's a servant. He says exactly what he's told to say. Vessel. I guess it's Vessel, okay. What else? If we look at the pictures of um, messianic figures in the scriptures, surely we should be able to come up with some more. Bearded. Bearded, yeah. Um, Moshe Rabbeinu was distinguished in his method of communicating with the Holy One, blessed is he. How so? Face to face. It was face to face. He didn't see him in a, you know, a misty dream, a mirror, or anything like that. It was face to face, and is that described? I think that's exactly what Deuteronomy 18 is all about. Is it not? But we don't have the right to interpret what face means. You're saying that Deuteronomy 18 is saying that Mashiach will also communicate with God face to face. I think that if you want to list out what Moshe Rabbeinu is known for at that point, that it is his character, and his method of communicating with God. Because God has already made clear what is special about him with the issue with Miriam. So, when he says, he will raise up a prophet like me, what does a prophet like him mean? I think it's he's going to speak with Hashem face to face. That I think, I think is the primary thing that Moshe is communicating. What else would it be? I don't know, I haven't looked at that. Anybody, other options? Well, I would just say logically, I don't, I don't understand how face to face plays out because if God is not human, how can God have a face? You're going to have to tell me how Moshe said, how God Himself said it about Moshe. Yeah, so I would just ask how the sages interpret face to face because they may have a different understanding of that passage than my Western English perspective. But, but either way, that is what the Scripture says, and whatever way the sages interpreted it is correct is going to apply. To the prophet that's like Moshe, right? Well, I'm just saying, what if 
what if face-to-face -face doesn't mean physically face-to-face? -face? It doesn't really matter, though, does it? All we know matter, is that the scripture that says that he's going to be the same as Moshe. So we don't have to figure out exactly what that means tonight, right. but we can come back to it. But it would say that it's not a physical thing? To me, well, it really doesn't matter whether it's physical or not. It's different than normal prophets. We know this right. from the scripture. All right, I'm with you. Now. Right? And we know that God is speaking directly to him. Okay. So um, I think we also have... Uh, one other thing about Moshe in there, and it's that um, he's, he's a friend of God. That's all I've spoken about two people in the scripture, other than presumably the prophet that comes after Moshe. Right? Who's the other one? Oh, of Abraham? Okay. I didn't know Moshe was spoken of that way. Nehemiah is on the way. Cool. All right. Yeah. Seems to be associated with Messiah. A, a Messiah figure seems to die, and that's where we get the two Messiah deals, right? It's hard to weed anybody out with that one. <laughs> nine out of nine, nine out of ten out of ten. Oh, only everyone but two people. But I, statistically I, ten out of ten. I think it's uh, <laughs> round up. That's what I always hear. <laughs> I'd like to come back to that one, you know, in a, in a couple of classes from now, because I think that's important. Time in history. Very end. Near the end of what? Near the end of time. Oh, we know it. The end. See it again? The beginning. Of the beginning of the end. Okay, or the end of the beginning. Yeah. Okay. What do the sages say? Has someone studied Hillel's perspective on Hezekiah? Because I haven't properly reviewed why Hillel thought Hezekiah could be the Messiah. Because obviously Hillel is like hundreds of years after Hezekiah, who's long dead. Yeah. But Hillel... I don't think that Hillel would say that Hezekiah was the Mashiach, but that a lot of the prophecies that folks attributed to Mashiach, he attributed to Hezekiah. Okay. Which goes back to your point earlier that... Well, while we don't have the definite article, there's a lot of Mashiach stuff going on, and it may not all be one person at one point in time. There may be things that a man is doing and acts as his Mashiach for that period of time, which is why Hillel would say that about Hezekiah, right? I, I don't know if that's how his argument would go. I'd have to study it. I don't, I, from the limited study that I've done of his position, it's just that some people would say this is a prophecy, and if it's not one of the clear ones, there are pretty clear and consistent ones in the prophets. Um, but he would say, like the, you know, the the virgin having a child or whatever that whole passage. He would say, no, that was actually fulfilled in Hezekiah. That's not pointing to a Mashiach. That's just that was that expired on Hezekiah. Things like that. So that's it's the unclear passages that he would point to Hezekiah, while other people would stretch it further to speak of. But the but Mashiach that. Era. that proves my point, right? That, I don't know, though. That, that there are passages in Scripture that may be speaking about a messianic figure, according to some sages, that actually may be referring to a past period in time, or a period in time that sure. has already gone. But those That's are all. supplemental to the main points of sure. prophets about Mashiach. Right. And so, 
as far as time and history goes, by and large, we're looking to the Messianic era, and the sages use the creation week in order to try and give us a time frame for that, right? Yeah, definitely. Man reigns for 6,000 years, Mashiach reigns for 1,000 years. now. Oh, not the Messianic era. The time of Mashiach is technically now, mm-hmm. according to that calendar. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're expiring on... Mm-hmm. The, the Messiah could come at any moment now up until a certain period. Okay, I'll get, I'll get there. It's not the Messianic era now. Correct, sorry, I misspoke on that. Right. So it's the time of the, when Meshach could come. Exactly, because we're in the last days or the end times. Now, I have heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I unfortunately have not spent a lot of time studying the Jewish perspective on this. It's hard to find resources sometimes on that topic. Well, let me pause you for just a second on that very point. Because that, to me, is where, is where I am at. And I find that deplorable. Not for you, for me. I mean, how is it that we are practicing Judaism, some of us conservatively, some of us orthodoxly, and some of us hardly at all, but the commonality we have is that we have pulled ourselves out of the visible representation of the church and by and large, their whole scheme that magic happened and I can live like hell because I've got a place in heaven. And we pulled ourselves out of that in order to study and practice Judaism to love God's people, God's scriptures, and God's land. If that's the case, how come we haven't studied what the sages say about the Mashiach? that, That to me over this past week has been can I add a little me. bit of comfort to your aching Please. wounds? Please, yes. As long as it's a Sam and not, a, not vinegar. Yeah, we'll see. Um, well, one of the reasons is because Judaism does not place the highest emphasis on Mashiach right. as an article of faith to be studied. Right. Rather, it's your life now that's most important, which is why you read the majority of the Talmud if you're really looking for things about the Mashiach, you'll pick up things as you read the gulfs of yeah. it. And I'll pause there for a second, just as I interrupted you, and I, really, and I apologize mm-hmm. for that, but let me pause and make sure everybody else is up to speed with where you're at right there. So we've got, is it 12 or 10 tenets of Judaism? That Thirteen. Thirteen principles. I was close. I was looking for an odd number. Thirteen principles. Thirteen principles, and was it number 10 or something is... We believe in the coming of the, the Mashiach. Mashiach, the way he tarries. Twelve. We'll wait for him. We Twelve. wait him every day. Right? So that's, that's about as far as it goes, as far as the Mashiach. If things are not going well, we just pray that the Mashiach will come. If we don't know an answer to something, the Mashiach will work it all out. It's, but that is and that's the, about it. Yeah, and that is the difference between main Judaism, I have to be... Yeah, not monolithic. But. Yeah, um, and Messianics, uh, which is... Messianics would add a group around the, the identity of the Mashiach. They would say that our solidarity results solely, pretty much, because we believe in Yeshua uh, as Mashiach. And Judaism would say, well, we don't find solidarity around the identity or lack thereof of Mashiach. It'll happen when it happens. It's coming. We find solidarity solely around mitzvahs and, um, you know, tikkun olam, what have you. Yeah, I, w- I, would, I would argue that. I would argue that last point that I think they find more solidarity in the fact that they're God's chosen people. Sure, that, whatever that, it may be. And that often, and, and, and because of that, it leads to the mitzvot and so forth. Yeah. But I, I think that their 
their acknowledgement in a joyous life and a life that's full and living for now because this is what God has provided mm-hmm. is often what causes so much angst for them from other people. Yeah. Why, why do you act like you're somebody special? The Jew looks at them and goes, I am. I've been chosen by God. And we already know. You've acknowledged. You weren't. Why wouldn't I be? I am special. And they're right. So that's a great point. Is that is it good? Everybody good there? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Back to you. Um, so I was, my question was... Oh, but, crap. Sorry. One more time. Go ahead. I want us to come back to that. I want us to come back to that concept that we were all raised to believe that the identity of the Messiah is the key issue. It's everything. Is everything. And without you know coming off as a heretic, I want to question, is it? Is it critical that I know exactly who he is rather than know that he does exist and that God will send him? That's critical. That is critical. That's the rub. Because it could change dramatically how we act. I don't see how much, but that identifier, as you put it, it being the sole issue, is something I think we should we should question. We question everything else that we came out from. Might as well question that. Now, sir, I will not let anyone interrupt you. That's fine. Um, no, my question that I was wanting to ask was, um, you mentioned time. Yeah. And, um, I wanted to ask you actually because I thought you might know but um, Daniel chapter 9 references a time period kind of um, in a prophetic vision so there's some sure. question as to exactly what that references is to um, 77 seven, yeah the, the 70 weeks and so on and 62 weeks and all that stuff and so I was wondering if that was in any way played a role in the uh, anointment or the, the, the naming of Bar Kokhva as Mashiach by Akiva. Because the time frame is mm-hmm. relatively close there. It sure is. Well, it has to be. And I don't, but I, I think like I've heard that that was a, 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 a factor in that, that the time frame for the prophecy lines up. I've also heard that, and I, again, I apologize for not having a source to quote on this. Um, I, I can't remember now where I read it. But I believe I've heard that the Daniel prophecy by Judaism today is not discounted. But it said that it was referring to that time frame, but because Judaism as a whole was not worthy of the coming of Messiah, he did not come then. It was almost like the in the same way that Nineveh was supposed to be wiped yeah, out, and they were yeah. delayed, yeah. same thing here. Messiah was supposed to come in, we weren't ready for him, he's coming later. Yeah. Um, I personally don't know the answer off the top of my head, but I do know that uh, in any arguments about Messiah that I've had with rabbis, they have always discounted talk, even talking about Daniel because it's just not worth the time. Because it's not in the prophets. Oh, well. He's in the writings, and therefore, let's deal with the prophets first, we'll deal with the writings later. And, and I thought that was a curious way of looking at it, especially in light of Bar Kokhba and the whole timing and all of that. But I don't know. So but, but obviously, to your point, there is some time markers that we've been given in certain cases. Which is not necessarily the end. That's why I was just bringing up. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Akiva was also super quick to say Barcoke was a loser a couple of chapters later. Like he didn't hold on to this belief sure. the whole time. Yeah, well, when he died, it was a big. Well, but you're right. Sure. Yeah, you can actually change the letters around instead of Kokwa, which was like son of star, 
and actually actually changed his name after he death to say Barcosiba, son of a lie. It's an unfortunate well, way to go down in history. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. You don't want people to spelling your name. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it shows anything of the righteousness of his troops, he made him cut off a few people before they joined the army. Yeah. Show me, show me you're man enough. And and they had to uproot a, a tree while running by on the horse. <laughs> so, so we probably should an evil speech part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets a buy in the man card. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You don't want to know what happens when you rearrange letters, letters of Peter Scorsese. Really? What's that happen? No, I don't want to know. Oh, please. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Now, it's different if you do it in Yiddish than if you do yes. yeah. yeah. What about his teaching? Okay, I'm going to say none again. Oh, no, I know. There, is, I there is stuff about teaching, for sure. Well, I had to get the conversation started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that one of the clearest passages um, will be, well, there's three main ones that I actually looked at with regard to this. One yeah. of the best ones is one that we all know, for they will no longer teach each man his fellow, exactly. each man his brother, saying, no, Adonai, for they will all know me from the smallest to the greatest, the word of Adonai, when I will forgive their iniquities. Is that Jeremiah 31? 31, 33. So in that sense, you're right. He actually isn't teaching. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is That's right, there'll be no teaching. <laughs> Ironically, yeah. no. Teaching. Yeah. Good, good, good. We got another one, what else we got? Um, Zephaniah 3 9. For then I will change the nations to speak a pure language. They'll all proclaim the name of Hashem to worship him with united resolve. So basically, it's just bringing monotheism and the knowledge of Hashem to yeah. everybody. And there's. But you don't. And then Hebrews, uh, excuse me, Isaiah 11. But you don't see Mashiach. Does Isaiah 11 say Mashiach? Isaiah 11 is a passage according to Chazal. I know. Um, but I don't know about the other. No, the so, other to be fair, none well. of these actually show Mashiach teaching explicitly. Um, this is that comes with the Messianic era. Okay. It's a general right. teaching in the era. How is that? Knowledge of God. Knowledge yes. of God. Knowledge yeah. of God will fill the earth. And then um, monotheism. That's good. And no teaching. Evidently. Because there won't no, be no need for teaching about God. Exactly. Right. So, so, therefore, no. So, Advents. We're talking, right? We're talking about one there, right? We've got that, that one there. Um, hey, which one's I'm sorry. Talking about what? Um, the idea that Messiah will come. Uh-huh. And the idea that he would have come, but we weren't worthy. He will still come. That kind of thing. That he is coming. Universally. Everybody believes Messiah is coming. Right. When you get Messiah ben David versus Messiah ben Joseph, there could be time between some of these advents if they're both messiahs and they're both the messiah. I think there's a big question. Can the messiah be Messiah ben Joseph? If the messiah is Messiah ben David. But I, I just want to, again, to be fair and caution of using that because... In that analogy, Mashiach ben Yosef dies and is not explicitly not resurrected until Ben David comes. So that's that's my point. So that's so what I'm trying to say. But only one could time. it really be? So he's the same dead. guy. I mean, I don't, we don't know. First of all, but just timing-wise, I was thinking 
but the, the, the texts that do talk about it are they seem to have it as just a couple of days, not at a period of thousands of years. But that I mean again you could utilize Second Peter's teaching and be like, well a thousand years is a day, yada yada. But I'm just trying to be fair to the source. Where he got it from. That's Psalm 90. Which is in stuff. Well, I get that, but I'm just trying to be fair to the source. Let me share it from David. Yeah, it seems like it is really dangerous and common to take a piece of some teaching, especially this one, which Jews don't know anything about, let alone we. And it it fits so well. And that's why we do it. It's an easy out. And we want to grab onto the easy ones. And I get that. It should be a practice, especially in this talk. That if you're going to take some type of traditional teaching or interpretation, that you're going to have to take the whole thing. We're going to have to learn. I agree. So, did I miss anything? I mean, just generically, I was just looking for That's good. stuff to get us talking, right? One, one, one interesting thing, when you mentioned time and advents, yeah. that I had recently learned, I did not know this, um, studying through... Um, I think it was the water castle, some teaching associated with that, but I could be wrong on that. That's by Nachman. By Nachman, uh, yes. You make square hammers? Well, by, by Nachman, and then the, the, most of the commentary <laughs> is uh, written by his, his disciple, uh, yeah, Nachman, Nachman, um, Rabbi Nachman. And they, uh, the, the idea of Messiah, the spirit of Messiah, yeah. or even if we can go into various and sundry uh, uh, incarnations, the soul of Messiah yeah. is uh, eternal. It is almost essentially eternal. I mean, they, I think they go back to creation essentially with that. But like, it's a. I mean, that's one reason why Hezekiah gets lumped in. Sure. Is it's like Hezekiah could have been Messiah to some degree, but not really, and not the complete fulfillment. But actually, Messiah's soul that then left and move on to the next guy, as yeah. it were. And I think we could even do without the whole Messiah soul thing. I think that. The scriptures teach us that there are men, regular guys like us, that will act as Mashiachs. Well, true, but no, my, own, my only point is saying but that, like, like the yeah, they, they they see the the spiritual character, yeah. as it were, of yeah. Messiah as being singular, and um, at least I guess as long as the creation of the world. In other words, it's like it's not. This one guy appears, sure. and that's when God decides. You know what? Maybe Messiah. we should have a Messiah. You know, it's more like the idea that it's been planned all along. Yeah. And this is, a, and he is. I mean, like especially uh, you mentioned earlier that Judaism has um, generally kind of um, not ignores Messiah, but doesn't really discuss him or teach okay. him a lot. And that's true. Um, the, the the sects that tend to be more mystical tend to focus more on him. And the elements of who he is, to the extent where I mean, at least from what I've studied, from a little bit of the little bit of the Breslov stuff, and I think you, one of you has a book on Messiah from the Breslov, which I'd be curious to read. Um, the the Breslov uh, position tends to be, I mean, they make him into a really elite character. I mean, he is the the, the top shelf of any any being in, in this creation ever. Israelites. He is the number one of number one. There it is. Yeah. Um, I recall reading uh, some years ago um, about Mashiach being so understood as being part and parcel in creation, as that agent of creation, with his spirit over the waters and so forth, that um, you know, young young students of the Torah were not supposed to study the creation story too soon, lest they blaspheme 
the Mashiach. So they're they're studying, they're seeing, but it's not as as uh, what you know? Taylor said. Um, it is not a a tenant of theology that's you know worth arguing or dying over, kind of thing, which I think is the opposite to Christianity, right? It's worth killing over. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's un very unfortunate, but true. We all have a pretty poor lineage when it comes to people. Uh, of faith, doing things in our faith's name. All right, so we're gonna. Everybody's gonna say something now, so it's not uh, sermon time. So we're gonna start with you, Mr. Hat. Yeah. Give me salvation. Give you me, also forgot your name. It's okay. Give me. Uh, give me thoughts. Top of your head about about the Messiah, about something you heard tonight that makes your skin crawl. Or that it makes your heart pound, or you just showed up because you wanted my coffee. Tell me, what is it? I'm still waiting on it, actually, but it's cool. Um, well, actually, something that is interesting that is kind of within a study that I'm kind of going through because of different reasons <clears throat> is the concept of, um, well, I guess whenever Yeshua says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, yeah. man comes to the Father, but through me, that idea, and talking about his identity, and that kind of narrowed it down for me within my study that I'm doing, um, within that context of his identity, is he saying that someone who recognizes my identity will then invite me to intercede between the Father and himself? Or is, it, or is he saying, that is my function, and I will do it unless regardless what you I mean if you know the father yeah then I'm a part of that so I'm just um, that's a good question yeah and, and, and even something like um, you know that would seem to contradict like um, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you will be saved right in Romans um, I it's I'm, I'm thinking you know and I, there may be, I'm, I'm, I haven't fully threshed this out, but there, that may be more of a futuristic idea of, you know, you will be saved sure. in the end when the Messianic era sure. is, has come. Could be. So, well, let me ask you, let me, let me challenge you then. Okay. Oh, boy. Where are you looking to find the answer to that? Would you pull that, uh, just pull the door open? Take the cookies out. Well, as I look at the references to... Mashiach and, and Yeshua in the, in the apostolic writings. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for anything that would contradict that idea. But you're looking in the apostolic writings. I'm looking at both. It's not because because to me that'd be a that'd be the norm before we started this walk. For me, yeah. would be I'm I'm going to look in the last two third in the last third of this book to find the answers and how everything works. When I think that you and I have rejected that concept and recognized that. It all started here, and if that's the culmination or the writings about the culmination of what started here, then it all must be here for somewhere. So I, I think your question goes back to the, the original question. Same deal. Is Definitely. What's, what's, what's with the name? And is it, is it not surprising that our whole walk of late has been to talk about Hashem? The name, yeah, 
and when we when we do things in his name that we shouldn't take his name in vain there's a whole lot of his name throughout the Torah and when we get to the apostolic writings it almost seems like we're saying oh, well his name doesn't mean his name over there not like his name it's his name over here it's it's a different his name because that his name is that name not his name because his name the name is the name and that's who, who exactly is on first right <laughs> you know and and I'm 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 going hang on now wait am I am I reading these things about his name in the apostolic writings when we just Gentilized it and Christianized it and Catholicized yeah. it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Rather than going back to Hashem. Right. If that's the case, then we need to kind of reread the apostolic writings in that light because it may change what you and I are thinking about that. So it's a good challenge yeah. there. Let's and bring it up. Real quick, to take that a step further, my, what I was actually wondering through that process was if you had the wrong name, of Mashiach, and you did you not. think it's Walter? Say, say, I think it's Yeshua, and someone else shows up and issues the Messianic kingdom. Yeah. Well, what is, yeah, right? It's, whoops. Okay, so, so would that... So, I mean, because because the mess, by definition, Mashiach <laughs> cannot contradict something in its knock. He Correct. Can't, Correct. He, my actions wouldn't change because it's someone else, or shouldn't. So, well, well, now you're on a more generic Judaism track of, I need to trust that God will send his Messiah. Right. Well, so so regardless of who it is, my actions are going to be the same, and I'm trusting exactly. in Hashem. Exactly. Regardless. So because Hashem is going to send Messiah. Right. So, That's good. Yeah, That's so good. I, I, I don't have a problem with that, Noah. I really don't. Others may, but I don't. But I can tell you this. That'll fly pretty well until you hit the divinity card. But that's a different, different class. We good? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can sit with the Jew and you, you guys become onto the same sheet of music. Your, your actions are not going to change based on is it that guy or this guy or this guy because right. I'm trusting in Hashem and that he will send his Messiah. And if this is the guy, great. If it's not the guy, Great, send them then, kind of thing. And th if that's where you're at, that's where I'm at. And I feel I feel pretty loosey goosey and feeling good about that. The divinity card is a different issue, but that's a different story. Hey, real quick, just yeah. don't have to cut you off. No, no, please. Um, you can cut me off. You owe me three. I owe you three. On that point, um, it's interesting because I don't. I, if I recall correctly, it was actually a secular Jew who wrote this. So maybe it's not the best of sources, but um, there was a commentary, an article written in the Jerusalem Post that did essentially argue. That almost that perspective in saying that um, traditional Judaism has seen Messianic Jews um, who believe in Yeshua as being anathema and a real problem. Right. And the article, basically, he spent time with Messianics, concluded his article and said, "Yeah, they're weird, but <clears throat> so are the guys who still believe that Schneerson's the Messiah. Sure. So you know, maybe and, they and, should." Be... And that's where the rabbi who came here concluded as well. I guess. I that we were mishpacha. That's a direct quote. No. So you're mishpacha. Because our understanding of Mashiach and God and the fix and the Messianic era would lined up 100%. And I had to drop the divinity card and say, but. Right. That is, the, the I guess, the critical difference there. 
It's a big difference, Probably. but it's not tonight's class. Right. Good point. All right, Tim, give it to me, buddy. What do you got? Well, I mean, my question is sort of like Noah's. Okay. It's, it's kind of like, can you have eternal life without knowing, like, the identity of Yeshua? Or like that... You mean knowing who the Messiah is? Yeah. Like in, okay. like in his actual character, kind of. Well, we know everything about all of these things. It's all generic, right? Mm -hmm. We know these things from the Tanakh, from the biblical record. But I think you're saying... Like his actual can, person. Can you have a, a place in the world to come if you don't think it was him? Yeah. When we were over here, 2,000 years later? That's a great question. Let me ask you one. Here's, here's a guy uh, right near the corner, about 50 years ago. Yo. There he is. Yo, yo. We have the chair, buddy. So let's let's say you got a guy 50 years ago, and he has not heard the Christian argument about who Jesus is, that he broke the Torah, convinced others to break the Torah, destroyed the temple, all, all, all the things that you hear that he did, right? Um, I mean, it says right in the right in the titles in the Bible, in the King James Bible, right? Jesus breaks the Sabbath. That's the subheading of the whole paragraph. Right? All right. So, yeah, that, that's a little problem if you really think that the rest of the Bible has anything to say about it. So, this guy hasn't heard the Christian argument. He hasn't heard about Yeshua at all. He's a Jew, and he's just waiting. And he's been faithful and obedient to God. He's never heard of Yeshua. He's never heard of Jesus. All he knows is God will send to the Messiah. God got a place in the world to come? We've been asking, exactly. We've been asking that question. Great question, right? That's um, the guy on the mountain broke his leg. Yeah, did that's, that I mean, that's really contrived. Though. Does it, does it matter if he's heard about Yeshua or not? Is another no, the question. The same question. The same, along the line, well, it's a different question because in this case, if he's question. if he's heard about him and denies him, then we actually have a specific saying in the apostolic writings that we're confused about. Which was Alex's question. Precisely. Right. But it's the same core question that Tim asked, which was, do you need to know the name of Messiah? Do or do you, you just have to have faith that, that God will provide a Messiah? So the both the men are in the same boat in that case. I want you to wait for just a few moments okay. so that your brain gets caught yeah. up to where we're at yeah. so that you don't say something that's either brilliant or stupid. No, 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 well, like you said, you know, yeah. can't bring in the New Testament because exactly. he's never read the That's New right. Testament. That's right. But when we look at those writings, right, you see where Paul speaks of that as well. You know, like just basically those who have been doing it naturally, right? They're right. already right. doing naturally right. the instructions yes. of Elohim. They may not be into, you know, um, dealing with the holiness, the set apartness, uh, strictly walking a certain way. Sure. But if they if they if they are doing what they believe is right and they're following Elohim, I, I see them getting forgiveness. I see the Most High as a merciful, you know, 
like that. So you're, you're leaning on, the knowledge is going to shoot you right in the foot. Mm-hmm. So try and stay as dumb about this as you can. <laughs> because once you know, yeah. now you're holding an animal. Yeah. Um, that's good. I want to challenge you not to call them the New Testament. Okay. Because it implies an Old Testament. Yes, and sir. I believe that yes, the Tanakh is eternal. Yes, sir. I have a question about if it if the person the only people who go to hell are people who heard about Yeshua or Jesus or whatever who, who who I don't know who gets to determine how much they have to know, but then what's the point of believing in him then? Well, if that person gets a buy, if is belief and knowledge or following him, well, however you want to phrase it. Well, to me, there are several different things, and I've been arguing that for years. Wait a second, your theology's messed up. You think that the end times will start with war, and I think they start with peace. Therefore, your knowledge is bad. Therefore, you're going to burn to hell. What? How is it possible that what I know or don't know could give me a place or remove my place in the world to come? Mm -hmm. And if it's faith that we need to have, Mm -hmm. that doesn't have anything to do with knowledge. Does it? Well, but that doesn't necessarily answer the question of, all right, so... Whether faith or knowledge or following or not following or whatever, if this person who has never heard of Yeshua, and and, and because that the New Testament, I know you don't want to talk about the New Testament or the apostolic scriptures. Um, I prefer we call them the apostolic writings. You're gonna have to use the right term, Taylor. I just don't want to. This I just want to, literature developed within the first century. I, I, just, I would just rather <laughs> we just be consistent in what we're gonna call it. Otherwise. As, especially people listening yes. later on are going to have are going to bring baggage to to the thing, and I think the okay. most Call generic thing you can say is box. it was <laughs> written by the apostles. <laughs> it was written by the apostles. Yeah. We're not calling it scripture because some people don't think it's scripture. Right. We're not yes. calling it New Testament because it implies an Old I Testament. Think and we're sure books. Thanks, and we're certainly <laughs> not calling it the New Covenant. Okay, but maybe the Yeshua books. Thanks, Pete. This guy's so not helping me. He's not. He's being derogatory. <laughs> it's okay. not derogatory. So, I, it's not that it's I don't want to talk about the apostolic writings. It's that I think we, we, we kid ourselves if we can learn anything about the Jewish Messiah, anything about the Mashiach of Hashem, by starting with the apostolic writings. Yeah. If anything, we touch the apostolic writings at the end and go, see, it lines up. Mm-hmm. See, it lines up. Or... Whatever. But that, I think, should be the last place we go if we want to start this the way we came out of the visible expression of the church to walk. Mm-hmm. Our walk became based on the Torah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally understand. So I'll shelf the question. Yeah, shelf it. Just for today. We'll, we'll have you know a few classes here where if we're making progress, we move forward. Okay. So... So I've talked about it. You move on. So belief <laughs> versus knowledge. I think this is a great question because if you don't believe the way I do, there could be a problem. If you don't know what I know, there could be a problem. Those to me are completely different things. Yeah. So I think we need to look at the look back to the Torah to figure that part out. All right, Mr. Quiet. Snazzy shirt, though. Snazzy. I like the lime green lining, by the mm-hmm. way. <laughs> it feels nice, too. And it matches. Ah, it's very good. Yeah. So, thoughts? A lot tonight had to do with 
defining areas within the uh, Tanakh that points to the Mashiach. Or gives us some corpus of knowledge description right. about it. Absolutely. And one of the things that was mentioned, uh, I don't know if you mentioned it tonight, but was um, the Mashiach is to um, rebuild the temple and also bring God's people from the four corners. Correct. We, uh, we yeah, um, exactly. So, we talk about needing to prove who Yeshua is. But we know that he did not do either of those two things. Yet he does fit some of the descriptions on the board. Where do you go from there? It's a great question. And I think it's it's a question that we should leave with and, and ponder. Is it possible that someone could fit some of these descriptions and then die? And without fulfilling. Without fulfilling them all in this go-round. I want to say yes, but I don't know what the sages say about that. And is it strictly based off of a belief? Precisely. And, and is it baggage that we're bringing in? One of the things, though, that I think that I would say baggage. I would say, do we even have a problem with that? And that belief that something that we see is, if we went through a factual manner and having to prove that he came to Earth, went through the lineage, matched the character. Had the actions, the relationship, all of that, time and history, teaching. But yet he didn't do the things that he was supposed to do. Or maybe did some of them and not all of them. Right. Is and that a disqualifier? Is it a disqualifier and does it even really mess with our belief? And if it's a disqualifier and the same guy shows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and does it then? Does, We're <laughs> all those at that right? point. And if, and if it's not a disqualifier and the same guy shows up, then... Yeah, right? I mean, pretty much. Good point. Who cares? But then it, that's going to raise another question, right? Does it really matter that Yeshua is the Messiah? Does it matter that if he came, we should know who he was? Are we supposed to be searching the scriptures and knowing his voice? I was going to put another one on you, but I won't do it for now. That's a great question. That's a great question. And that one will get transcribed into the post. I like that. Johnny. Um, can we come back to me? We can. I can't believe you didn't get your own brother a cup of coffee. He's been waiting for it. Oh, I mean, <laughs> now, now you're the older brother, right? Wow. Yeah, he's supposed to be. Supposed to be. Oh, little dits. Little dits. Comment. Now, you've been talking. I've been talking. Come. Well, one thing that's pointed out to me that uh, I need to uh, dig and study a little further on my part. You and I are the old guys in the room. How is it? How is it that our faith is so marked by an understanding and belief in the identity of God's Messiah? And we're so pale. At least I'm so pale. I don't want to talk about you. I'm so pale in having studied this from the Torah, in the Tanakh, from a Jewish perspective, to see what Chazal says. Everybody know what Chazal is? Chachamenu Zikronam Livraka, our sages of blessed memory. Okay? 
Well, why is that? I think it's because I'm a pathetic loser. I don't know about you or how you're going to put it, but you know. You do have a nice gun, though. This is, uh, I'm trying to go Western tonight. Several nice guns. <laughs> trying to go Western. Yeah. Killing it. 45 cold. He was waiting for that. He was waiting for that. So, yeah. I'm going to break that one in. It's got to weigh about four pounds. It, it does make no you one realize. John Wayne a loser. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it also makes you realize why the belt was always a little low on that side. I get it, but you know what? We're all going to shoot this gun. And it it makes you fun. look younger yeah. having your belt swoop like that. <laughs> Sag, Sag in the pants. Yeah. Mr. Saggy. That's pants. a very hip look. It's a hip look. <laughs> Thank you. Kyle, comments. Crazy bunch you fell in with here. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it all, though. I, I'm just. I'm a little discouraged, okay. to be honest. Um, what are you discouraged about? Because I don't. It seems like there's there's so much information, and it doesn't seem like there's like a clear, right, undisputable answer at the end of this tunnel. Um, that that somebody who is not even researched this, and which is my fault, um, that that I'll be able to be at peace with. I mean, maybe that's just yet. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's a good point. I mean, we've got from the time of Yeshua, thousand years, Talmud's written down, Mishnah, Talmud, we've got those Muslim guys, all the way up to the Shulchan Aruch. Now, two thousand years later, and what Pete and I were talking today, what'd you say? Half the people on the planet? believe that Jesus is the Messiah. The other half don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and another bunch don't have any idea who the Messiah is, and then you got another bunch, which is probably bigger than the halves, because the numbers are all wrong, that don't care at all. Mm-hmm. Either the apostolic writings are correct, that those who would know best and know the scriptures the best have been partially blinded that we might have an opportunity to come to know God. Or some of them figured it out. Pharisees, tens of thousands of Orthodox Jews believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. We have just as many, if not more now, that don't. I don't know. I don't know why it's not so abundantly clear even to us to defend it from the Torah. And I don't have an answer for you other than maybe that's the way he designed it. But do you believe it's our duty to to, to try our best to find this out? Like, is this of the utmost importance? Like, since there's... That's a great question, that's too. That's probably question. a better question than we've had all night. Does it matter if we know who it is. I would say, prior to Yeshua, the answer would surely be no. And you're the one who also says nothing changed at the cross. Correct. Because we've got Christians that will say everything changed at the cross and we've got a new religion. We don't believe that. We believe that he fulfilled some of the prophecies and the promise made at the very beginning and to Abraham and so forth. I don't know. I don't know if, if that quest to know is the baggage that we're bringing in. 
whether it matters or not. I don't know. But hopefully at the end of this, we'll at least know whether it matters. And maybe we'll know, yeah, if, if you want to use this evidence, this appears to be a good fit. Or forget the evidence. If you use just the Tanakh, there's some disqualifications here. I, I don't know. But I'm not afraid to look. Yeah. Right? The bottom line is, I know there's one God. And he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he is the one in whom I trust. And I believe he's going to send his Messiah. And though he tarries, yet will I trust him. Mm -hmm. Comments? Questions? Bothersome? Um, I would say, judging on the whiteboard, we have a pretty weak case for Yeshua. We weren't trying to make cases for Yeshua. Okay. Um, and I would say that... Or Barcopa. It seems... It seems sometimes David McDonald is still in the running. And Nehemiah. Yeah. Oh, well, if, it's, if that's not the case, then. Yeah, my goal with tonight was not to prove that Yeshua is the Messiah in any way. It just it's strictly seems, to see what do, what do we know the Tanakh says. It just seems pretty simple to be like, what do the sages say? That's the answer. Do that. Because if, sure. noth if nothing changed at the cross, then we just continue to do whatever the sages said. And the sages have an answer for literally everything. Like sure. There's no question they have an answer. So if you ask, well, what do I do if I believe this? What do you believe Yeshua is the Messiah? Okay, well, step one, stop believing that. Step two, start hanging out with Jews. Sure. Start doing what we do. And, and if you believe that the sages have authority today, and if you believe that the sages in that day are the sages in this day, then you're right. It's child's play. There's nothing to even discuss. Same thing with the Shulchan Aruch. If that is the code of Jewish law, and that's the way the Halakha is, there's nothing to discuss. But You're I right. It makes it very easy. Orthodox Jews don't view us as mishpaka. And that may be a politically correct term that some use, but like not even close. Like If we're not disconnected from Judaism, and we even have this Yeshua card, your worldviews are completely 100% different. They view nothing we do as even remotely close to the truth. Correct. Because we have this little thing that separates us by a million miles. And therefore, we're not we're not attached to anyone, especially if they don't know we're attached to them. And this is still Christianity. That's, Perhaps. That is a perspective. That's what Judaism would say. But isn't that, I think that Perhaps. Kyle's not all of Judaism. Yeah. Kyle, right? Mm -hmm. It is Kyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that if this is the foundational piece, then... then there's the understanding that well, this is the thing you hold on to to the very bitter end, regardless of whosoever, you know, speaks against you. That's been you know the position of, I think, most messianics ever since it was incepted. Uh, but that's but that's what I think Colby's challenging. So that's the that's I think that's the bottom line question that this this class eventually has to at least wrestle with. I don't know if there's an answer, but it's got to at least wrestle with it. I think you're going there eventually. I hope so. Um, I don't particularly care what Judaism thinks of me, per se. Yeah, sure. That's right? And I don't really care if Judaism thinks that I'm on the wrong track, if I'm right. Exactly. But I don't want to be right. I want to know the truth. So it doesn't mean that I'm just going to say what the sages say take what the sages say, lock, stock, and barrel, simply because they're the sages. Some people are in that category. 
that's fine. There's no reason to discuss, there's no reason to learn. Just start studying the sages. I do want to know what they have to say. But if they missed him, deliberately or otherwise, because so many tens of thousands of Orthodox Jews and Pharisees came to know him as Messiah and priests, then I can't just dismiss that and say, well, they were all wrong. All of them were wrong. They all made a big mistake, and everybody right now is correct. I can't in good conscience say that, and that's why we'll study. My hardest part is if tens of thousands, like what kind of teaching are they doing to their disciples and the disciples of their disciples? Where did that knowledge get lost from here to there if so many Orthodox Jews came to know Yeshua? Where did it get lost? We know the answer like to Jews that. Aren't, Jews don't lose stuff. Jews don't miss stuff. Jews... They, it, it just finds me hard to believe that a Jew was blinded when a Jew doesn't even miss a dot or a tittle in the Torah. Like, it's logically infallible. It just doesn't make so, sense to me. Yeah. But we know that it did happen. We know that there was a man named Yeshua. We know that there were many, many followers. We do have graves of those. We have people who have gone to their deaths, been burned alive for this belief. We have historical evidence, even if you don't use the apostolic writings, that some of these events absolutely occurred, people did die, and there was a new movement started. We know that there was a temple sect that is actually described that were believers in Yeshua, and they went into the temple on a regular basis. We already know that. How did it get lost? We know how it got lost. It got completely corrupted and co-opted by the Gentiles because the, answer, the question of the day right before the Master or right before Yeshua, whatever you want to call him was what are we going to do with all these Gentiles? Because the court of the Gentiles was the biggest thing out there because there were so many Gentiles who were being drawn to the one true God. But after after the temples destroyed after the Jews were exiled again which is by the way why it got lost because of our sin we were exiled because of our disbelief. Then the question became, what are we going to do with all these Jews? And the Gentiles made a very, very poor choice. Just, That's the answer to your question. The Jew hasn't lost anything from Sinai till now. It makes sure it hard. Sure he has. We got exiled. They lost a lot of stuff. They lost all of their sages. They were all killed. You had, a, you had a, a, the, one of your best sages is pulled out of the city in a coffin. Talking about Akiva? It wasn't Akiva. Yeah. Benzakai, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just talking, we have stuff from Sinai today. Yes, we but do. But it seems we lost from 70 AD till today. We lost some stuff. Well, out of your we own did. mouth, you gave your own answer. You just said what Orthodox Jews think of anybody that believes that Yeshua is the Mashiach. That, they won't even talk about it. Right, so you have yeah. these Orthodox Jews that are believing in it that are afraid to say anything because of that fact that they'll kick them out, and spit it, on them, ignore them, treat them like garbage. And, and yet you've got Orthodox rabbis today in Israel that believe in Yeshua and are on YouTube. So it's not all lost. Just like but you'll hear, you'll hear in certain places here, especially at the Abad house, so is that, that it's just ridiculous. Is that saying that Jews are scared, that some Jews would refrain from saying, I believe in Yeshua, 
But yet, some Jews are not afraid to say, I believe in Hashem. There's Jews been killed all throughout history for saying, I believe in Hashem. That's by the greater people, right? Not by each other Jews. That would be cast out from their own people. But they're afraid of death. I just don't see why, if Yeshua is Messiah, and you're worried about denying him in front of men, so he doesn't deny you in front of my father in heaven. two different things. You're talking about being killed by the men around you. By Let's just go outside to the neighborhood, right? Because we're separated here in our community, are separated from those in the neighborhood, Bible Belt, all Christians, right? We're not afraid of death. A Jew is afraid of being cast out from their people who they study with and have been raised with and have been taught with and have studied with, right? So that's their concern, is being completely abolished by their own people, everything they know. They're not going to lose their life. So they're more scared of men than denying Yeshua. They're more afraid yeah, of losing their sense. faith than they are of dying. I, I don't think we need to try it's, and come up with... It's from our I, beginning conversation. Yeah, I don't think we need to worry about sense. what their concern or motives are. But we do know why stuff was lost. And we do know that there are Orthodox Jews who believe in Yeshua. That's a fact. That's undeniable. And some of them are have Shemekah. And so, what about stuff that's referenced in the, in the Torah itself, like the Book of the Wars of Hashem? Where's that? I mean, it's been lost. Well, a lot of the sages say that's the Torah, or at least certain portions of the Torah. Going back to you? Well, either go back to you, you or to him, and he wanted more time. You skipped me earlier, so I did. Fine. Yeah, you're I, back. I been talking a lot. You've been shunned all night long, obviously. I don't really no, have I, a lot to I say. I'm, I'm Mike, more of an an observer at this point because, That's I, fine. because I know so little in terms of concrete yeah well back to Kyle's comment I'm wondering if we're going to get concrete at the end of this yeah, because well, greater men than us on both sides of the fence have argued this you've got men that I respect and read and, and honor that have decided that Yeshua is not the Messiah and you've got men that I honor and respect that have done that analysis and said that he is the Messiah and I'm sure you've got a third player in there that I'm just not they still have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you got? Anything? I want to hear what Pete has to say. Wait, what? That's kind of an unusually. That's what's boiling in my head. I'm evening. pretty sure I'm pretty usually docile. That's he is usually docile. Except All right, so <laughs> lay, lay some wisdom on this. I I don't have much to say. I'm, I had a thought when Colby was talking, but I'm kind of losing it now. That's because you need another sip on that drink. I know, I ran out. Oh, um, too bad. Typical. Uh, seems like, and what Kyle said resonated with me, There's a, there is a little bit of despair in the room because once you bring up this hugely taboo topic in a largely um, believing community, you're entering messy times Um, but the fact that it's being brought up means I think we're I think we're trying to look so I'm just trying to wrap my head around all these thoughts it looks like we're trying to look at it from the Tanakh before going to the New Testament which means we're taking the basically the Jewish Bible and seeing if we can derive um, Mashiach from it and you're saying like we're going to look at the sages and stuff and we we may have to do that kind of all at once, or it could take you know three maybe four years. Right, but and so all these comments are kind of just joining in my head because there's this big emphasis 
Taylor mentioned about Mashiach not being a big deal um, identity-wise in Judaism. Right, until he comes. Until he comes. And so it's not... So their perspective is not going to be focused on the identity and everything. Their stuff is going to be just on what he did. But or, then Christianity... Or, or will do. Or will do. Yeah. Christianity's perspective on Messiah is, as has been said, is like their whole belief centers around the identity of Messiah. But it also is is their whole philosophy toward life. It's evangelism and making disciples of Yeshua and um, baptizing in the name of Yeshua and spreading his teachings around. Um, it's, it seems to me that you can't... I think BT has grabbed... Yeshua, has gone in with Yeshua and now is trying to pull in Judaism to itself. But they are, as Kobe was saying, completely separate um, just of the way you view the world. And to me, it's specifically the salvation mindset. Like Christianity is is lovingly going to everyone they can to try to save them because they this is salvation. This is uh, this is a big deal. This is eternal, right? And you need the name of the Messiah to do that. You need to believe this and believe that. And Judaism isn't doing that. And so to approach Messiah from Judaism's perspective. It, it might feel like despair because I think I think in the back of our minds we already know Judaism's perspective or looking at it only through the realm of the Tanakh isn't going to paint the picture of the New Testament at all. It's not going to paint the picture of we have to go evangelize the world so that they believe in this identity of Messiah, which is what the New Testament is kind of all about, spreading this gospel all around, spreading the good news of Messiah all around. Well, let me, let me pause you there for just a second and, and challenge just a little bit that um, as I've shared with you, my, my walk over the past 10 years has really started to, I've, I've come to understand, especially in the Massar study, that my walk with him is more important than your walk with him. Him. Him, God. I don't get it. I don't have to, yeah, not him, <laughs> or him, but I mean, those him. are important walks, too. Those are. But I, I think, you know, my focus had always been on how well is Isaac doing? What does Isaac need? You know, Isaac needs a good kick in the pants. And then Isaac this, and Isaac that, rather than what, Isaac what do I need? <laughs> and how do I improve my walk? And, and that's a change from Christianity, I think, a dramatic change from Christianity. And, and I think that if we paint Bella Torah as being strictly Christianity with a tallit, we do ourselves a disservice. In yeah, fact, I don't mean to do many that. of it, I, I didn't say you did something. I just want to make sure everybody, especially those watching, understand that we are embracing Judaism at Bella Torah. Some faster than others, some stronger than others, but our walk has morphed from knocking on doors, do you know Jesus, to... Did you talk to that? Has come down to now, man, I hope we have a, a minion for prayer. Hmm. Which I say, it's a completely different worldview. And that's, but, I think, Colby's bottom line was with the Mishpacha thing. is like, you can say, or you can try to act 
Jewish and say like in your mind I have this belief in Messiah Yeshua and and that's um, a belief thing and maybe it changes your action or not but if it doesn't change your action but if it doesn't change your whole life in accord with how the New Testament kind of presents how the disciples act and how Christians should act or people who believe in Messiah should act then I think you're just kidding yourself you're pulling in just one Christian concept into a world of Judaism and we're pulling one Jewish concept into a world of Christianity. Sure. Or we've misinterpreted and misunderstood, as I said with the name, um, some of the concepts that are actually in the apostolic writings. And if we had better moorings on how they would have understood those statements, maybe we, we've just got a, a little bit of a, a change that needs to happen there. Um, but I can tell you that as far as evangelism goes, I wouldn't say it's not my focus now, but since I've started this walk, more people ask me about my faith than any other time in my life. And they're not asking about Yeshua, they're asking about my actions, they're asking about what I do, and I tell them, as your father says very often, I'm just trying to be obedient. And we start talking about the Bible, and we start talking about the fact that God is going to send his Messiah to fix this world because it is busted, and, and all of that. I don't have to go through Yeshua's name at that point. And maybe that's because I've departed from Christianity, and I realize it's not as important. Maybe it is as important. I just don't know. But all I know is that everybody asks me about my faith now. You can't walk around with those strings hanging out and have them not ask. Or you walk into a restaurant and you have your kippa on, and right away, the waiter wants to offer you every manner of pork in every kind of, fr you know, and you just kind of go, hello, oh, wow, yeah, I didn't realize, you know. Well, that's nice, but that none of those actions lead people to ask, like you said, they don't lead people to ask about Yeshua or Mashiach or that's, anything. That's my point. It's they do ask like, about my faith, it's all why Torah. I practice. I'm sorry? It's all Torah. I, I know that, but... It is my belief currently that Yeshua is the living example of the Torah. He's the living representation of the Torah, that he lived it out, he walked it out. And if people are asking me about the Torah, maybe it's good enough? I don't know. And I'm not afraid to say, I don't know. But I think you're right. There's this, this different worldview but I don't think our worldview at, at Bellatora is quite as starkly different from Judaism as concert beef like Christianity. And now uh, it's it's not starkly different, and that's an inconsistency with Bellatora. I know, and it drives you nuts. Well, it doesn't drive me personally nuts, but it's a, be a belief in Yeshua necessitates a belief in the New Testament writings. You mean the apostolic writings? Right. Right. Which, I mean, we can call it anything we want. But... It's 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 not how VT seems to present itself. Like yeah. the New Testament doesn't seem to. I, I don't think a New Testament walk would look like Bella Torah. Now that's interesting. Now that that's shocking to me because I know that several people in this room, including myself, have described Bella Torah as the best expression that we can come up with of. Apostolic Judaism in the days of the Master that we can do without converting to Judaism and forsaking the identity that God gave me. But they were I all totally all about Yeshua in the Apostolic community. They were all about spreading that knowledge. 
all about reaching out to the people that, who didn't know it yet. We, we don't do that at all at BT. Well, they were doing that to Jews. And we are. And Gentiles. They were doing it primarily no, to Jews. It was community. Paul who went on missionary journeys to tell Gentiles about it. We don't have any writings of the people in Jerusalem or to Jerusalem. My point here was that that apostolic community, as we understand it, was focused on Jews and making sure that the Jews in their area knew. They were in the temple talking about him I don't, to Jews. I don't know if that matters until he gets to finish. It doesn't matter right now for this class. Okay. So what were you going to say? I was just going to say that um, the stark difference and the difference between Bellator and the apostles then is probably the fact that Yeshua had just shown up, which whether he was Messiah or not, they believed he was. And they were Jewish. And there's going to be a reaction to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, the stark difference that you're seeing between Christianity and Orthodox Judaism is valid and obvious. Until Messiah returns, then they're going to look, in, in for Judaism, then they're going to look a lot more similar in, within that focus of Messiah. Let's you know talk about saying? it. Let's, I, do know, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're saying. I just don't know if I agree. So let's talk about that. I so, mean, obviously not in practice, but in focus. I mean, not in practice, but in focus. He's saying that Messiah is the focus. Well, if Messiah shows up right now, yeah, there's going to be a focus. Sure. And Christianity okay. says... So the proximity to up, his so advent. Right. Okay. So, Could yeah, be. there's going to be a more focus. Could be. Um, do you think that Christianity's expression of its faith is correct? It's defined by itself, so yes. Yes. <laughs> That's interesting that, that Christianity defines itself rather than I mean, God or his word defining his people. But do you believe that Judaism, Judaism's practice is valid? That's a great answer. <laughs> do I believe Judaism's practice is valid? Just same question only on the Judaism 100% so, yeah. Why? Because Not because they define it themselves, right? Because Judaism is the only source in which truth came to the world. It's interesting that you put the focus on the Judaism part and not on the truth. But yes, because they have the truth, and they're the only people that God chose, and they're the only people that took care of that truth. Agreed? Yeah. So, the Jews are using the truth as their standard for how they should live. God said do this, darn it, I'm going to do this. Whereas in Christianity, right? I don't disagree. If, okay, yeah. right? Because, yeah. I mean, the, the, the normal play of, we had, a, we had a guy here a while back that used to say the, there was the bloodless synagogue and the lawless church. church or something like that. You know, each piece was missing something, you know. And the Messianics had a person. Right. <laughs> the Messianics are stuck being Gentiles. That's the deal. All right. Final comments. Has this been helpful to get us started? Nehemiah. Oh, Nehemiah. That's right. Oh, we, we wanted to give you time to kind of yeah. get yeah, that. Man, man. It's a rough day. That's all right. That's no. all right. So, what do you think? I mean, of, of everything you've heard, is there anything like you got to. Uh, I, I, man, honestly, I like the sages is new to me coming to Bella Tour. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like, um, the reason why uh, I, Torah is a brilliant way 
to uh, to show and illustrate Messiah is because that's all they had. There were no apostolic writings during the time of Paul, during the time of uh, uh, Yeshua, you know. So the only thing they had was the Tanakh. Right. He even said that, that's right. right? He said, you study these writings because in them you think you have life. But they speak right? of me. But they speak of me. Amen. And then um, Zechariah prophesies, uh, you know, with the with the example of Yeshua, the high priest, mm -hmm. right, standing before it says their angel right. and, and the adversary on his side. He said, these men are men to be wondered at. And then it's in front of this, this whole vision of Zechariah, there's seven eyes on a stone. And then you go to Revelation and there's seven spirits in front of the throne. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's things that you tie together and let scripture be its own commentary. Good. You know, like like you said earlier, right? The, the the end of the book and throughout, you look for areas where he says, you know, I cast you out. I'm going to go to those who weren't even my people and they're going to call on my name. It's going to bring you to jealousy because of everything you did against me. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And so we see that occurring. So this is where, you know, and then like when Messiah was walking, um, John even said, your lineage is not going to save you. It's not, it doesn't matter just because I'm this, this, this not, your bloodline doesn't save you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's like um, the marriage happened for me uh, with you guys, man, and why I feel close to you guys and I come up in here and still in my work clothes is, is seeing the beauty, you know, I understand the, Quadly bet, right? Because the beauty in Judaism is that it's so, there's so much character refinement. Mm -hmm. You actually get to take the word, apply it to your character, right? And, and these men are inspired. They may not be written in scripture and have books in here, but they were inspired by a higher power yeah. to be able to do the things that they did. There's yeah. an inspiration, yeah. you know? So there's, there's, a lot of honor, and, and now do you agree with everything they say? I mean, we're all humans. I don't agree with everything. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but at the same time, that's what that's where like this is this is what the Talmud was. Yeah. People with different viewpoints, you know, midrash. Yeah. And so this is an excellent midrash. But I think sometimes we got to look at scripture, like you said, examine it, yeah. and see if the apostolic writings. Line up with exactly. the prophecies in the Tanakh. Exactly. Good. Good. No, we didn't do you either. All right, go ahead. And then we'll get in. Okay, okay. Um, well, I, I think that, uh, first off, I see Yeshua here um, as Messiah. I see some things that haven't happened yet, but I don't see any disqualifiers either. Um, one thing I definitely think that I have two takeaways. And the first is we've already mentioned, I think, um, well, you and I have talked about it, and I think other people mentioned it too, that definitely need to better understand what Judaism says about Messiah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where the Wikipedia article is for that, but definitely <laughs> at least at least a cursory review would be helpful. Because yeah. um, I've got all of these big big picture floating concepts, but sure. yeah, we're missing a lot yeah, of, a lot of the, the details. It's, it's coming from where we started. And sometimes, and, and sometimes it's just... A lot just, of times we don't want to do that. We want to, we want to get back to the basics first. Good. Which is another thing that I also would like to do as a takeaway. It's a much longer process takeaway. It's maybe been working on for a while now. I want to go back through the apostolic writings, the apostolic scriptures, and see, look at them from the perspective that I have now. Right. Because to, Pete, to, to Pete's point, um, 
I want to make sure that when I look at what the angle is, because you're right, if I believe that it's relevant, and I believe that Yeshua is Messiah, that needs to change something. I mean, goodness, it can't just be totally irrelevant in my daily life. Right, unless it was only relevant around that time. Which is really a waste of paper, honestly, because we've got, you know, know, a third of the section here is dedicated primarily in response to that event. So there must be some relevance to it. And if there is relevance to it, how does that affect what I do? And, um, I mean, like right now, I'm just listening to Sermon on the Mount in my car, um, trying to think through it. And even just um, thinking through, like, walk, go get water, go to the bathroom, I'm, I'm realizing that there are probably a couple of things that Yeshua says that I used to think meant this. Yeah. Now, now that I've been studying other stuff, I'm thinking it probably means that. <laughs> and, yeah, a lot of Musar stuff yeah. in there, too. So um, <laughs> the idea being that, like, I want to, that would be my takeaways from this, is to say I want to better understand what Judaism says about Messiah, and not just the, the big stuff. And I know that they don't have a whole lot to say at this point, but at least some stuff. And then also better understand what, what the apostolic writers were saying as Jews who believed Yeshua was the Messiah, as opposed to reading the headings that top of my Bible sure. to tell me that this is what they meant to say. Right. Good. That's good. And I think we also need to uh, potentially take a look at what some contemporary Orthodox Jews are saying that believe Yeshua was the yeah, Messiah. Yeah, I'd be curious. I mean, how, how they I mean I've, I've heard some of their right. stuff, but yeah. I'd be, uh, now again, my ears have changed. Exactly. Taylor, final words, buddy. That's a good color on you, by the way. Just as a quick side note, just like the end-all, be-all of Messianic reference in Judaism would be Rambam's. Um, like the perplexed? No, it's Mishnah Torah. Mishnah Torah. I think it's in the Book of Kings, chapters 4 and 5, maybe, 6, 7, 8. Um, it's got all, that's where they're getting all their theology and stuff about this is what Mashiach is supposed to do according to Torah, here's the proof texts here's how we know when Mashiach comes etc, it's all he do write, he do we have that too. handy? do we have it electronic? no, you find it online yeah. Yeah. is it available in a book from like it's Art Scroll? Well, it's called the Law of no, Kings, Kings. Kings. Mishnah Torah Not itself like Kings in the Bible. is like 800 bucks yeah. it's a long book of Kings quite a few volumes is it not available electronically? Well, it's online. For free. That's not what I mean by that, John. Yes. Is this far end? Um, I had a really pithy thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's since gone. I don't have anything really to add. I think that you know this, this exercise is very beneficial um, for everyone to kind of get their wheels turning. I feel like it's kind of a, a reset for a lot of people. I think so too. Uh, some of the comments that I've heard, I've not really comments. heard. Co- comments. Heard comments. Oh, comments. <laughs> comments about the converts and the convents. The convents. This whole understanding is about actually what does, like, what is Mashiach supposed to do? Who is he supposed to be? I think it's it's something that I, I maybe you know Bellator has taken for granted for a long time. While we've been looking at other things. Yeah for a long, long, long time, and... But like you said, it's sort of an identity thing when you're coming out of the visible expression of the church and you don't know Judaism yet, other than keep and strings, the only thing you really can leave with is him. So I think it's kind of natural that we're in the boat we're in, but I am thrilled 
that I'm in a place filled with, how many of you are here? Three, six, nine, 12 guys. Two Look, couches, like, almost like chairs, apostles, you know, where we can actually argue it out and look at the text. Yeah. And I just and think that's so helpful. One of the things I, I honestly was a little bit apprehensive about this class, um, just because there, I mean, the topic is so sensitive and it's so easy to misrepresent what somebody says or something like that. But I'm, I'm really pleased that I, I feel like despite some of, you know, disparity felt by certain certain emotions or certain topics being discussed. Overall, I thought this was very positive and very helpful. Praise God. Thank you. That's encouraging to me, too. So here's my plan to move forward. Um, uh, first off, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get these all put down uh, and, and do a post. Um, I need to get a haircut. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah, until the thirty third day. <laughs> you now I've been putting it off, and then now it's getting shaggy. And I was yeah, like, tell me about it. You'll yeah. just see that um, So anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try and get this posted by tomorrow, and my goal will be to say, okay, here's the next logical step, and we'll cover of the original questions this group of questions next, so you'll know what you can study, and I'll I'll give some. Uh, that would be very helpful. Yeah, if if you guys can help me from a Judaica perspective of what should be read extra biblically, that would be helpful. Like, is there a tractate in the Talmud that is just all over you, all over Messiah? I don't know. I don't think so, off the top of my head. Um, if there's uh, a particular midrash section in the midrash Rabbah or something like that that we can look at, you know, and 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 stuff like that, I'll I'll try and come up with as much as as I can. That you can kind of hit online and review so that you can come prepared and we can dish it out a little bit on that first, whatever that first section makes sense after this to go forward on. All right, does that make sense? Yeah? Okay, so there's a class coming up at Chabad. And what is the topic? Oh, it's on April 28th, six weeks. It's intro, like decoding Judaism. What does that mean, decoding? Why Judaism? is Judaism real? How do we get the oral Torah? Is the oral Torah valid? Okay. How do we get the Torah? What's the language of Hebrew? Judaism 101. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so you're going to that? I'm going to it. Six Good. weeks long. And yeah. your bride, is she going to go to My it? My bride is going to it as well. Are you well. going to that? Yes. Is your bride going to that? She will be. Are you going to that? I don't know. What day is it on? Tuesday, Tuesday night. night. Or there's a Wednesday afternoon. There's a Wednesday at 11 as well. Because nobody works. Yeah. Is it $75, isn't it? It's $95 per person. But if you go as a couple, it's $75 per couple. $75 per couple. And there's a huge mitzvah for donating to Jews. That's a mitzvah, that's right. All right, so um, here's here's my take on this class. Um, I have been to many classes at Chabad, um, specifically their uh, ethics from the Talmud, Talmudic ethics. ethics class. Um, is that where you argued against the validity of the Talmud? Is that that one time? That is not that one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I told the rabbi hey, that my, my time between eating meat saying. and eating dairy was seven and four hours. <laughs> <laughs> and goes, Where'd you get that That's from? That's very interesting. Where'd you get that from? You know, and I'm like, uh, 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 it's uh, really uh, a mid uh, 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 So anyway, um, I, I would hate it if you go to that class on a Tuesday night. But I get it. And we're going to be missing two stars anyway. 
So if you're inclined to go and get the Judaism 101 thing, can't hurt. Um, I know that it'll be good, but I also know that some guys may come back with the book and give us some highlights, as Gregory did from his Talmudic Ethics class when he went uh, for that as well. Unless I went and he took my book. Did he go? I don't think he went. I think so he, Morgan, you went? Yeah. And he so, he, he grabbed, oh, so he grabbed her book. He didn't grab my book. Um, so there you go. So that's, that's up for you guys. And that starts when? At the end of April. It's the last Tuesday in April. 28. Last Tuesday in April. So, so it's Wednesday at 11. Same day as a rally for Wednesday like, is 11. religious freedom. So they do Tuesday night and then Wednesday morning. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> right. it, uh, normally the way they do it is Rabbi Groner teaches at night and Rabbi Cohen teaches in the afternoon. Are they Cohen's swapping? teaching this one at night. Who's teaching in the afternoon? As far as I know, but I don't know for sure. I don't know who's teaching the Wednesday one. Okay. I do Yeah, I... Uh, All right, Elijah. Well, the, at least I have a place ready for him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's I see. I think he's blind. Let's close. We thank you, O Adonai, our God, that you have established our portion with those who dwell in the study hall. You have not established our portion with idlers, for we arise early, they arise early, we arise for the words of the Torah, and they arise early for idle words. We toil and they toil. We toil and receive reward, and they toil and don't receive reward. We run and they run. We run to the life of the world to come, and they run to the pit of destruction, as it is written. And you, O God, you will lower them into the well of destruction. Men of bloodshed and deceit shall not live out half their days. But as for us, we will trust in you. Amen. 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 Amen.